Hi, and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. Horizon Church is a Christ-centered, word-based and spirit-led church. We are so happy to bring this week's message to you. And on behalf of our pastors, Brad and Ali Bonhomme and the Horizon Church team, we pray it's a blessing to you. And I'm so grateful to be in a generous church. And so well done, church. It's amazing. It's amazing to be able to look beyond ourselves and bless our community. For those who are watching online, for our online community, thank you for all who participate in our online uh, giving. It is truly an amazing time of year. Do you know, uh, this time of year, for me, is a very special time of year. Because in a couple of weeks' time, I enter into my 20s. Some of you are laughing. Some of you are looking at me weird. You don't believe me, do you? Well, it's kind of true. You see, because 20 years ago, around this time of year, I stepped into this church for the very first time. And my life radically changed. Well, the truth is, I actually, um, my birthday is actually in October, and I turned 41 this year. And my five-year-old daughter, Poppy, I was talking to you the other day, and I said to her, Poppy, when you, are, when you, go, when you have your formal, uh, can I be your date? And she said to me, no. And I said, why? She said, because you'll be an old grandpa. So apparently, in 12 years' time, I'm going to be an old grandpa. Oh, man, how to break a dad's heart in one sentence. If you rewind 20 years ago, my birthday is actually in October, and it was my 21st birthday. And my 21st birthday was like any other 21st birthday, really. You invited your friends, your family. And being an ethnic 21-year-old, I was wearing my shiny white Bonds top, <laughs> dancing the whole night away. And, uh, and two of my friends got chatting that night, two of my friends from school. One of them's a Christian, and the other one's not a Christian. And they were just chatting most of the night. I'm thinking, why aren't they dancing? Do you know what I mean? Does anybody go to a party and not dance? That's not me, by the way. Um, Anyway, so they were chatting. And so for the purpose of the story and for the purpose of their privacy, I'm going to give them fake names. Okay, so I'm going to call the Christian friend, Christian. It's easy to remember. And I'm going to call the non-Christian friend, Bob. So Christian and Bob get chatting and Christian and Bob engage in a spiritual conversation and in the coming weeks after my 21st, Bob would come to church with Christian. And Bob would ring me after he'd come to church and say, Con, you've got to come and check out this church. Back then we were called Shire Christian Centre. I'm like, all right. Took a few weeks and he eventually convinced me. But the reason why he wanted me to come was to actually laugh at the exuberance of how you all worship. So you got to come, they lift their hands, they sing these songs, it's a big good laugh. I'm like, oh, I need a good laugh. It's December, it's been a long year, I need a good laugh. So we, lo and behold, we come and it's December and it's, there's no praise and worship. Man, Bob was disappointed. He was disappointed, all right. Uh, it was actually the Christmas production. And uh, so we sat here and we sat up the back and uh, there was a play and there was no praise and worship and uh, Christian came and sat with us and he said to us, why don't you come to my place? I want to show you a video. Back then they had VHS. 
you remember those big chunky videos? Yeah. Some of you are looking at me blank, don't worry. If you were born in 2001 onwards, you probably won't remember. But anyway, so he shows me this video of an American pastor talking to men at a men's conference. And I just remember sitting there going, this is amazing. It's incredible. I had no real church background, didn't know much of the Bible, but I'm sitting there listening to this man and I turned to my friend Christian and I said, Christian, can you take me to church next week? And by the way, I want to borrow that video. So I borrowed the video. And that week from that Sunday to Sunday, I watched this video and there were other sermons on it. One of the sermons, he preached on Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. And I remember something on the inside of me began to, began to change. I thought, this is doing me good. I, I actually don't want to live the way I've been living anymore. I want a new life. I want a new start. I watch that video every day. From Sunday to Sunday. And then I came to this church on the following Sunday. And I surrendered my life to Jesus. And I made a decision that I wasn't going to look back. I couldn't put my Bible down. And just so you know, nothing's changed. There's something that happens in the heart of a person when you see the greatest gift in Scripture. Do you know one of the things Jesus did after He rose from the dead, one of the very first things was open up the Scriptures and speak of things, explaining of things concerning Himself with two of His disciples. We're going to visit the story this morning in Luke 24, 13 to 32. It's just after Jesus rose from the dead. It says this, And behold, two of them were going that very day to a village named Emmaus, which was about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about these things which had taken place. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself approached and began travelling with them. But their eyes were prevented from recognising him. And he said to them, What are these words that you are exchanging with one another as you're walking? And they stood still. So they're walking and they just stand still. And they look at him. And they answered him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem and unaware of the things which have happened here in these days? And he said to them, What things? And they said to him, The things about Jesus the Nazarene, who was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word in the sight of God and all the people. And now the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to the sentence of death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, beside All this, it is the third day since these things have happened. But also some women among us amazed us. When they were at the tomb early in the morning and did not find his body, they came, saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just exactly as the women 
also had said, but him they did not see. And he said to them, O foolish men, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and to enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and with all the prophets, he explained to them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. And they approached the village where they were going and he acted as though he were going farther, but they urged him saying, stay with us for it is getting toward evening and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. When he had reclined at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed it and breaking it, he began giving it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognised him and he vanished from their sight. They said to one another, were not our hearts burning within us while he was speaking to us on the road, while he was explaining the Scriptures to us? Two things happen that I want to draw your attention to. The first one, is as Jesus was explaining things concerning himself from the Scriptures, their hearts were burning. The Greek word for burning there is to consume, it's to set on fire. This was not a mindless exercise, by the way. He actually began to explain the things concerning himself. The word for heart there is the centre and seat of spiritual life, the soul or mind, as it is the fountain and seed of the thoughts, passions, desires, appetites, affections, purposes, endeavours. Is that amazing? Their whole life, their heart, their mind, as He opened up the Scriptures to them, became consumed. And they fell in love with his presence, because when he was motioning to go a little farther, they got to the place where they were meant to go and they begged him to stay with them. Yeah. Do you know when I first came here, I was amazed at the presence of God in this place. I couldn't explain it. Something was different here. Yeah. It was different. Yeah. And I began to realise that when you see Jesus in the Scriptures... It's actually fuel that leads to genuine worship. Because you're worshipping Him for who He is. And you grow in your understanding of who He is. And it begins to affect your heart, your mind, the way you think. It's very powerful. Do you know there are three aspects of Jesus I want to share this morning that have impacted my 20-year walk with the Lord. If there are three things, there are probably many more, but if there are three aspects of Jesus I want to share with you this morning, there are these three things. And the first one is this. He's our Redeemer. He is our Redeemer. 1 Peter 1, verse 18 to 19, knowing that you are not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold, from your aimless conduct, <coughs> excuse me, received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Do you know the best way to describe what my life was like? And I'm sure many of you in this room can testify to this. 
before I became a Christian, before my eyes were open to the reality of how amazing Jesus is, do you know what my life was like? It was aimless. It wasn't bad. I did some good things. I was a good person. Did some bad things too, by the way. But it was aimless. I didn't know why I was here. I didn't know who I was. But when He redeems you, one of the things I distinctly remember about that day where I surrendered my life to Christ, it's like my eyes were open. That's the best way I could explain it. I couldn't verbalise, I couldn't put it to words, I didn't have theology, I didn't have a theology behind me. I just knew something was different. And my desires began to change. I, I all of a sudden wanted Him because I realised how amazing He is. And like any love relationship, the more you get to know them, the more you love them. That is a love relationship. The Greek word for redeemed means this, properly to release, set free by paying a full ransom, to release on receipt of ransom, to restore something back into the possession of its rightful owner, rescuing from the power and possession of an alien possessor. Isn't that amazing? That's incredible. Do you know part of the reason why that's so incredible is because when you know you've been restored to your rightful owner, you're very careful who you allow to influence you. Do you know, I started a, a personal training business probably about 11 years ago, 12 years ago. And any subcontractor, uh, you're responsible for paying your taxes. Right? Your boss doesn't do it for you. You're your own boss. So I had some well-meaning friends who were saying, Con, why don't you just charge cash and, you know, you know what I mean? I, like, do the Greek Express thing, you know? Like, just, I'm Greek, by the way, so I can share that joke. Greek Express is cash, just so you know. Why don't you just charge cash? You don't have to declare everything. And I'm like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. That's not consistent with who I am. I belong to Jesus. It's not about being perfect, but it's about recognising at various points and stages of my journey that have been influences that I have to be very careful because this is my testimony. This is, I belong to Jesus. I've been redeemed. My life's been changed. It's not that I, I can do it. I can do it, but I don't want to do it. That's love. There's no obligation in love. He has redeemed you. You have been saved from an alien possessor. How has He done it? By His blood. He paid the ransom. He became the ransom at the cross and redeemed you. That's powerful. I don't know about you, but that brings joy to my heart. Yeah, you can clap. Yeah, that brings joy to my heart. We're clapping Him this morning. He deserves the glory. He's the one who saved us. He's the one who paid the ransom. He's the one we belong to. Number two, 
He is our righteousness. He is our righteousness. Jeremiah 23 verse 6, In his days Judah will be saved and Israel will dwell safely. Now this is the name by which he will be called, the Lord our righteousness. Do you know one of the things I struggled with in the first decade of my walk with Jesus was guilt, condemnation. It was paralyzing at times. I, 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 I struggled to approach God at various points because I was so afraid. I, was, I wasn't doing bad things, but there was this toxic guilt that was just resident in, in, inside of me that I had to deal with. And around 2014, a friend gave me a, a USB stick with 67 sermons on it. And for four years, I listened to those sermons over and over and over and over and over again, helping me understand what Jesus accomplished the cross. And it set me free on the inside. Because I recognised that Jesus at the cross bore my judgment. He bore it all. The Greek term there, righteous, means to be judicially approved. Judicially accepted. You're not accepted because you're good. I'm not accepted because I'm good. I'm accepted because a legal payment was made... And therefore, I am judicially approved because a judgment was taken in the body of another. So when you place your faith and trust in Christ, you are righteous. You have been declared righteous in His sight. Romans 5, 1-2. Therefore, having been justified, there's that word again, righteous, by faith, we have peace with God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. I don't know about you. It sounds to me like glad tidings of great joy for all people. Yes, it is. He is the Lord, our Righteousness, He is a gift. Righteousness is a gift. You did nothing to earn it. You did nothing to deserve it, but He gave it to you. So special. Number three, He is our refuge. God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. Do you know, one of the things you learn, and I'm sure you already know this, One of the things you learn very early as a Christian is that your troubles don't go away. Is that true? Your troubles don't go away, but neither does Jesus. He is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Some of the greatest times of growth in my own personal journey is when I've been in trouble. When, when things didn't work out the way that I thought they would work out, but I needed to go to my refuge who was very present. A very present help in trouble. Most recently, a couple of years ago, I got made redundant from a sales role. And for the next year, 
I would apply for over 1,100 jobs. Couldn't find work. Discouraging? Absolutely. You try to get rejected over 1,100 times. But then I realised someone was rejected in my place and he understands. He is my refuge. And that 12 months was probably one of the greatest blessings for me on the inside because it brought me to my knees. It brought me to a place where I realised through thick and thin, He is our refuge. He is very present. He understands. He's not just your refuge in bad times. He's your refuge in good times. The psalmist puts it this way in Psalm 71 verse 3. This is his prayer. He says, Be my strong refuge. Be my strong refuge to which I may resort continually. I don't know where everybody is at this morning, but I do want to give everybody an opportunity to respond to this Jesus. He's our Redeemer. He's our righteousness and He's our refuge. If any of those three do not resonate with you this morning, there is a possibility that you may need to respond to this. The Bible says that we've all sinned. We've all fallen short, me included, of God's standard. And at the cross, Jesus made the payment for our shortcomings. And when you place your faith and trust in Jesus, He becomes your Redeemer. He becomes your righteousness. He becomes your refuge. Right across this place. And if you're watching online, when you close your eyes and just bow your heads this morning and give everybody an opportunity to respond to the love of Jesus this morning. If that's you, And you know, in your heart of hearts, you've never actually stepped across the line to receive the most wonderful gift known to mankind. This morning's an opportunity. Don't wait any longer. Today's the day to say yes to Jesus. While every head is bowed and every eye is closed, look across this place. If you say, you know what? I want a brand new start. I want to receive this greatest gift that God the Father sent for me. I simply want you to raise your hand on the count of three. One, two, three. Awesome. Wonderful. If you're watching at home and you made that decision this morning, why don't you write to us in the chat box? We'd love to hear from you.
and just pray for you and celebrate your decision. Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more info about Horizon Church, please visit our website at hz.church. Have a fantastic day and we hope to see you again soon.